Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast directory. iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever you'd like, we're on them all. The Hog Call is only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, Razorback podcast. Created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just Go Hogs. This will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support the podcast financially by clicking on the link in the show description. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Leave a voicemail by clicking the link in the description below or send an email to hogcallpodcast.gmail.com. Well, it's good to get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim? Hey, Chad. Not having hog pressure this week really feels good. What do you think? I'll tell you what, man. It does feel good not having hog pressure and not feeling like, you know, that... Not being embarrassed. Let's just say it the way it is. It feels good not being embarrassed this week. Going out and handling our business and doing what we needed to do to be successful and and you know have a have a have a decent program so that feels good and it feels good to be able to hold my head up high and walk into work and and uh not have to listen to any of the florida fans or the florida state fans especially with their program not doing so well so hopefully tennessee will beat florida and everybody will be put in their place and we'll keep winning and i'll just feel better and better every day yeah and it feels like this is the right step uh Next step is winning an SEC game. Last year, Portland State and Ole Miss game didn't feel too good, like you were saying, embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But this was the first step and kind of gaining my confidence. You know, obviously the team's confidence showed that it was uh, for winning, and so I'm excited about this weekend and beyond. But yeah, it feels good. Yeah, it really does feel good. I'll tell you what, we got some uh, listener. Um, voice messages so i guess we should go ahead and play that and uh and and hear what uh they have to say hey guys this is Derek from colorado man it sure feels good to call in after a win and especially an offensive performance like that Uh, i think that's what we've all been waiting for and how about nick starkle golly 300 yards three touchdowns, and he took care of the ball. Uh, I looked it up, and he's our first 300-yard passer since Brandon Allen against Misery back in 2017. You know, it's about time that we put up some points and beat a team that we were supposed to beat. Um, So I'd like to end with a question, and that is, what does our defense have to do better moving forward us to have any shot at winning an SEC game. Go Hogs. Golly, Derek. I mean, you're right. You know, 100%. We got to figure out something with the defense. The defense has to be able to be a little bit more solid than they were in that last game. And, 
you know, they had a, a couple, you know, a good solid a couple games, and and then they they had a hard time with this one. And I guess that's just, just that's just how it goes. Every every game can't be a great defensive game, but I did feel like they turned it around um, towards the beginning of the. When it really counted, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, towards mm-hmm. the end of the game, uh, they were really able to close it out well. Uh, but yeah, they definitely let Colorado State put up too many points. There, you're 100 percent right. I think what they have to do to fix that is, uh, you know, just be a little bit more mindful of of who they're playing and, and when and when they're playing them. I, I feel like what we saw in this game, where we saw the breakdown, was. Uh, you know our corners. Uh, we knew that was going to be an issue rolling in. Um, we had true freshmen out there out running us, and uh, so we're just really going to have to lock that down better. Uh, maybe playing cover two, giving our corners a little bit more help over the top. Um, you know those sorts of things. Uh, staying in a zone package. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, you know we gave up. A couple of really huge plays. I think two plays combined for 160 yards, a couple long touchdowns. One, they got us right right back after we opened the game off with the score. They came right back at us. Um, mm-hmm. Gave up a ton of yards on the ground. Um, but like you said, they they were strong and uh, stood tall on the ground kind of the rest of the game after that, especially that first 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the end of the third and fourth quarter, um, mm-hmm. you know, Chavis, uh, is, a uh, saying there's a couple times they didn't check the coverage, you know, they were in a bump coverage and they didn't get bumped and they made a five man surface a couple times on us. We knew that and worked on it. We didn't get bumped, you know, and mm-hmm. he's admitting a couple things as far as a lot of errors, uh, kind of, uh, Colorado state's backs getting the edge in the run game. So those are some kind of things Chavis, uh, saw to and admitted to saying, you know, like, goes back to coaching so hopefully we'll clean it up before this weekend and uh not to jump too far ahead to san jose state but they were last in the nation in running running last year and they're 95th this season so it sounds like a good team to kind of uh get back on track stopping the run mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you know they were really able to run the ball and throw the ball pretty well against this um uh, uh, Colorado State, and and I think part of that is that they were, you know, coming in this game with big heads and determined, and thought, you know, they had a real chance at winning it until they realized they didn't. Yeah, they were definitely coming in confident after beating us there. Mm-hmm. After seeing kind of our performance last week against Ole Miss, you can't really blame them. They definitely came to came to play. I mean, they didn't get shell shocked after we came out of the gate. And, Starkle us down mm-hmm. for the touchdown, you know, a really, really good looking drive, you know. And, uh, well, I guess, I guess they had opened the game up and then we came back and, but then, you know, about three touchdowns in a row, then they started battling back, you know, ended up tying with this 34 34 for all said and done. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I was nervous as I'll get at whenever they, uh, hit that big run in the, uh, the second play of the game for a touchdown yeah. and I was like, Oh man, here we go, you know. Yeah. And here uh, we go again. <laughs> it really felt that way. But uh it was nice to see the team battle back. It was nice to see them overcome the adversity and, and do what they had to do. It was you know, you didn't see anybody out there hanging their heads or or 
you know, they just, they looked like a team that was confident in their ability to win and they knew they had just slipped up and it was going to be okay. And that's something that we haven't seen in a while from this Razorback group. So it's really good to see that. Um, you know, and like you said, it, it's just total breakdown of coverage and things like that whenever whenever you have plays like that uh, where they just, you know, they saw something on film. They knew they were going to be able to take advantage of it. They took advantage of it, and then we were able to make our adjustments to make sure it didn't happen again. Yeah, and, um, you know, both their quarterbacks, starter Hill that did get injured, but he was, he, he was 13 out of 23, 99 yards of touchdown. But the, the O'Brien that came in as backup, I mean, he was 7 out of 10, 100 yards touchdown, so mm-hmm. not too shabby. So they were both quarter. I mean, they were, you know, 200-something yards on the ground, 200-something yards passing. So we were kind of – and those big plays really uh, from the get-go and another one from right down the road. But, man, those – you love to see it on your end, but, man, when the when the opposing offense hits a big play, oh, it's like yeah. you're, you know – breath for a little bit no you're right you're right so i don't know i hope we answered your your question there and i hope uh hope that was helpful d-rock i like i said i think just i think tim's right i think there's going to be some coaching corrections made we know the chief can do it we've seen him do it so we're gonna see those things you know be corrected and then um also you're gonna be able to see you know, our team mature a little bit in the secondary and on the defensive side of the ball as we move into A&M. And it, we might be in some situations in the SEC games where we just have to win that shootout. And the way we played against Colorado State, we we showed we do have enough offensive power to get in a shootout and, and get, a you know, ahead and, and, and stay there. So... I do think we could win in a shootout situation. Yeah, I mean, especially coming off those first couple weekends, especially Ole Miss, the Ole Miss game, just a you know a week and a half ago from today, mm-hmm. how how atrocious. I mean, just our offense uh, couldn't do anything, and then we come back and s- score fifty five points. It's kind of nice to see, kind of what you'd expect. Maybe you thought even coming in, you know, we're gonna have to if we put up some points, you know, we're gonna give up some points. But also, uh, Derek, I mean that the. Uh, you know, you've got some freshmen and sophomore, a bunch of starters on the defense. So they're young. They're going to keep getting coached. Um, you know, I hope Bumper Pool's okay. I know he went down um, in the game. But, I mean, Hayden Henry and Grant Morgan stepped up. But, you know, you got Monteric Brown and mm-hmm. Boucher and McClellan and Bishop and Greg Brooks, all freshmen, sophomore. And Solis starting on the defensive line. And Colin Clay playing a lot. And Williams and Nichols. So those guys are all freshmen, sophomore, getting a lot of experience. Hopefully they'll continue to get coached up and develop, and by the end of the year, this defense is more like what we want to see. And I'll tell you, Nichols had a pretty good game this game too. You know, so uh, that was exciting to see. Yeah, it was. Um, those the young guys definitely had their moments. You know, not mm-hmm. everyone's gonna be, not every play is going to be perfect. They were just in high school a year ago, but they're definitely showing some. Um, I guess Nichols is a redshirt guy, but yeah, yeah, I mean. He looked good and was getting in the backfield mm-hmm. a good bit. Had himself a half sack and four tackles. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I guess uh, 
who was it, Kenzie, you know, he was out there just running all over the place for Colorado State. It seemed like we just couldn't pin him down. They really didn't have anybody else that was, you know, taking advantage of us. So, you know, it is it is good that their, their main running back was the one that was picking up all the yardage. We wasn't having, like, issues of second, third string running backs from these guys. So... And a good thing we didn't get that we started really scoring and getting some three and outs on defense, but on offense scoring and not allow, allowing uh, Colorado State to kind of get out of their game plan running the ball, which they were having success on us and having to come from behind and, you know, try to chuck it around and come back on us. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of had to abandon the running game a little bit because, man, Kenzie, he averaged nine, nine yards a carry for the game, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to get you beat a lot. It is. It really is. So, yeah. Anyway, Derek, I hope that helps you out, and I think uh, I think we can slide on into the game here and uh, start start going on that if you want to, unless we missed anything, yeah. Cam. No, I think that's it. Uh, we kind of jumped on it. Uh, Derek kind of fired me up. It felt good, but he kind of I think second week in a row, uh, Derek kind of has a. Part of it's like, yeah, we're really excited about it, but you know, it was Colorado State. What are we going to do when SEC play comes around? We got one more week to kind of shore up some things and play in them next week. Exactly. And like we said, guys, we want to hear everybody's you know opinions on it. So don't don't be uh, shy. Go ahead and click the link in the description and uh, leave us a voicemail. It's real easy to do. You just click the link. You click record and you leave us a voicemail and we'll we'll put it on and we'll uh we'll get you heard. Yeah, we always like hearing them. <laughs> um, hey, getting your opinion and questions are always good or anything like that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we know you're listening because we see the stats on who's listening, and who's listening to, you know, how much. So we know you guys are out there. So go ahead, click the button, leave us a message. Yeah, that's really easy. I mean, I know, uh, yeah, and Derek's had it a couple times, so mm-hmm. he's kind of get the resident, you know, caller, but we'd like to have more. Exactly. Um, it's really easy to do. He does it in a couple minutes or whatever, a couple exactly. seconds, really. Exactly, and we appreciate it. Keep them coming, Derek. All right, so uh, Colorado State came into Fayetteville, thought they were going to whip up on us, had a real good play, then got beat 55-34. Um, I think we did a pretty good job in the second half. I thought the first half we had several issues that, you know, we could have taken care of, um, that, you know, where, where it was just like, you know, some bad play calling and, and stuff like that. But it did feel like we made some adjustments and, and fixed those issues. Yeah, I mean, the first quarter started out, besides that run that they got uh, out on to start the game, you know, we scored three straight possessions, and it really felt um, that game was going to end up 60-something to 15, maybe. Mm-hmm. They battled back, um, and I was uh, telling somebody that didn't, it was like, really, just watch the first, fourth quarter, you know? Mm-hmm. The second and third quarter wasn't wasn't much you know my fear was we was gonna get in a shootout with a team we shouldn't be in a shootout with and it it felt like that but then the you know the final score obviously 
that's not what happened. So, I guess the the beginning of the game. I don't know. I feel like maybe I just I just been burned so many times by the Razorbacks that you know I had this uneasy feeling as I was watching it, even though I really didn't have a you know maybe I didn't have a reason to. Maybe it was just more the Homer coming out in me. Yeah, I mean here lately too, the last couple of years when we've gotten beat by you know Monroe, Toledo, uh, Colorado State, North Texas, mm-hmm. you know events like that that didn't happen before the last, you know, five or six years. And it's kind of, we've seen it enough where you're like, we, we should be, you know, we should, we should, I feel pretty confident we're going to come over with this game, but, you know, get that uneasy feeling like, oh no, not again, you know. Exactly. You've just been burned, but it was good to kind of, especially after that game last year in Colorado State. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was encouraging to kind of get that revenge game and already match our win total from last year. Exactly. Uh, Starkle was a starter in this game, and, and he did a phenomenal job. He he drove the team down the field several times and scored. Uh, his passing would look, looked really good. It really opened up the field for us and, and allowed us to be able to run the ball. So that, that was really nice to have the option of the run or the pass because we opened it up with the thread of the pass. Uh, we had uh, 23 first downs, so you can see we were moving the ball down the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we had drives. Um, the the second drive of the game was 11 plays, 82 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we had some big plays too. Eight eight play drive for 75 yards, or yeah, 11 plays for 82 yards. I mean, um, eight plays for 75 yard drive, kind of a combination, just. Get, he was racking up first downs. Mm-hmm. You know, he stood tall uh, in the pocket, and uh, seemed like he was getting the ball out of his hand pretty quick, reading the defenses. And that was a real. I mean, I could see us scoring some points. This offense was so much better than we've seen. I mean, maybe. I mean, oh yeah, maybe. Uh, and then Chad Morse's Chad Morse era so far. I agree, and it was a pretty vanilla offense, if I might say so myself. But we moved down the field and we scored some points. We didn't pull out a bunch of trick plays or, or weird plays or, or try to do anything special. We just went out there and did what we needed to do to move the ball down the field and score some points. Uh, you know, 305 uh, passing yards, 215 rushing yards. You can see we had a very balanced attack. And I also felt that Starkle was really moving the ball down the field a whole lot quicker. Like we saw our first glimpse of that left lane hammer down yeah absolutely it wasn't taking forever to snap on offense um mm-hmm. you could tell you could tell he's had a week knowing he's a starter um you know you kind of did you didn't see those same penalties we might have seen, seen in the first game we did see that um another mishandle on the handoff mm-hmm. um for the second straight game in a row um mm-hmm. that ended up it was cut with Turning the ball over, but well, then you, that, saw, you, know, you it saw it again smooth. later in the game too. And Starkle just took the ball back out of, uh, I believe it was Boyd, just took the ball back out of Boyd's belly and just cap it and tried to make something happen with it. And we wound up taking a loss on that, but at least the ball wasn't on the ground. So I think you know he has recognized he, he's starting to recognize that it's tough when you're, you're running that mesh you know, handoff and you're, mm-hmm. and you're trying to read 
you know, the defensive end and you're trying to make a decision on are we going to give, are we going to pass, and you got the RPOs. and It just takes a lot of timing to get that down right, and that's one of the reasons it's not, you know, my favorite package. Uh, I'd rather either go option or run or pass the ball versus a RPO. But every time he's had those issues where the ball's wound up on the ground, it's always been in an RPO situation. And yeah, that's, I mean, Morris, that's run yeah. pass option for those of you who are listening and don't know what right. you know, Morris, you know, he keeps saying they've only got 30%, 40% or whatever the offense installed. And it's a little bit, I mean, Starkle, I like him having a um, kind of things where he doesn't have to do too much of that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Keep it simple for him because he looks good. Just, you know, he can get that ball uh, out of his hand quick enough. Um, you know, I like another fact kind of think about it. You know, he went and de- uh, tried a couple deep passes. I mean, I like them that they're <laughs> keep uh, keeping the defense honest, mm-hmm. you know. and um, Yeah, and he spread, to... he spread them back yeah. quite a bit because you could see they're starting to crowd in the line. And then whenever Starkle started sprinkling it around the field, they, they had to they had to take uh, a couple guys out of the box and, and back off of the pressure. Which ended up with Boyd and Whaley just tearing them up on the ground. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I mean, hell, Whaley, Whaley averaged nine yards a carry, and Boyd, you know, he was 20, 20 attempts, a couple touchdowns, had that burst of speed uh, getting away from the Colorado State defense for 59 yards for a touchdown. He racks up 122 yards, so. And we did get away from Warren with the end around, and uh, I really wish we would have been able to get him the ball and see some of those, you know, outside type plays where we see his speed. Yeah, they did. They did run Hayden around the end mm-hmm. uh, one time. We know he's been getting ran up the middle the first two games this year, and he gets 15 on his first, you know, bounce <laughs> or <laughs> designed play off tackle. Yeah. Yeah, he did. It looked really good, so – I'm excited to see some more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's see. Did we have... Yeah, no interceptions. So that's a that's a definitely a good uh, statistic there. Yeah, for, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's, not, that's not bad, man. That line, 20 out of 305 yards, three touchdowns. He only got sacked once, too. Mm-hmm. Um, for for entire game that's not that's not too shabby either yeah the line looked good and they were going up against a decent defensive line too so yeah i mean it's still a mountain west defensive line and um you know not a not a i mean they've given up some points to us in colorado but uh, but they're a veteran defensive line and uh you know i'm not saying it was like an sec caliber defensive line but you know, at least it wasn't a Division Two defense. We did what we were was. supposed to do against them, mm-hmm. and more. You know, I mean, that's that's not always the case. So, because that first game felt like, man, we were having a lot of trouble with a team that we shouldn't have been. Their defense, you know. Yeah, lower. I mean, Colorado State's much better than mm-hmm. Portland State. You know, so, so I think we've seen a lot of improvement. Yeah, six of twelve on third down conversions. Of course, we don't have any fourth down conversions. You know, I would really like to see coach trust the kids a little bit more and, and be willing to, you know, go for it 
and short and fourth and short situations instead of trotting out the you know field goal kicker but you know I guess that's the philosophy um I guess with the hammer down philosophy you kind of feel like oh we're going to be aggressive but maybe that maybe that's more talking about speed it's not necessarily talking about you know being aggressive right yeah there was one at the I think the drive after we we had that fumble um, mm-hmm. that we drove down the field, uh, had fourth and two down on the I mean, fourth and goal from the two yard line. Mm-hmm. And, and we kick a 22 yarder from the far right hash mark. I mean, I mean, that's after we kind of lost some momentum there. I was like, get it back. I mean, trusting your team going back to last year. I mean, it's not even, it's not even, you know, the one where he goes in punt mode uh, or, Get, gets booed by the fans on fourth and two, but that was on our own field. On field, then calls timeout. We get out there and you know fake mm-hmm. like we're gonna do it. Then then we, you know, we have a false start and kind of back us up. And he's like, oh thank goodness, you know, I get to punt and not actually go for it. But that fourth and two from the goal line, I really thought in the game, especially after fumbling, hey, let's just try to punch it in for seven instead of three. I mean. Oh yeah, Limpert was Limpert was good. I mean, he was two out of two, had that fifty forty yard or two, mm-hmm. seven out of seven for extra points. So, I like having that kicker. But man, fourth and two from the against Colorado State exactly. would like to see us go for it. So, Keen Boyd had a good game, one hundred twenty seven yards. Uh, Devon Laley had eighty one yards. Chase Hayden seventeen yards. Uh, Devion Warren two yards. So. You know our running backs had a, had a pretty good game. I would like to see Hayden and Warren get a little, a few more carries, especially in these games where we're playing, you know, these smaller schools. Get them some more reps, but I, I think we'll be able to get them a lot of reps in this next game. Yeah, I agree. I think San Jose State's going to be a team we'll be able to run all over and mm-hmm. kind of get a big lead on them and run it out and kind of save Boyd and. Uh, Whaley once they get theirs and let them kind of, uh, you know, Hayden and um, even Warren, you know, he, he's from the receiver spot, but he, he's third leading, you know, rusher mm-hmm. or this year with some solid runs. But, uh, yeah, hope we see good mix of more of that, maybe even some younger guys. Yep. Yeah, like we talked about before, we saw Starkle go out there and throw for 305 yards, three touchdowns, 62-yard long. Uh, pass so we're really spreading it around all over the field and, and taking some deep shots he did take one sack no interceptions so you know really good stats for the quarterback and and I, I didn't see what his uh percentage was quarterback percentage was but it has to be pretty darn good yeah i mean it's got to be about 60 percent that 20 out of 35 mm-hmm. um definitely over 50 cent percent kind of leaning toward that 60% mark. I like it. I I mean, he was confident. Um, I just like how he looks back there delivering the ball. Um, the offense is just, you know, much funner to watch this weekend. Exactly. And we spread it out a little bit. I think we can get the ball to a few more receivers. Because uh, Trey Knox had 90 yards. Traylon Burks, 92 yards. C.J. O'Grady, 74 yards. So... You know, we uh, we spread it out a little bit, but I think we we need to get a few more a few more guys involved in the passing game. 
Yeah, I mean, and those are those two leading receivers, true freshmen, and Knox and Burks. I mean, they're getting better every game. Oh yeah. Also, I think what you're talking about spreading around um, uh, even a little bit more. I mean, heck, Mike Woods supposed to be the number one receiver this year, uh, especially with Stewart going down. Deion mm-hmm. Stewart, you know, he only catches two passes for ten yards. Um, but you're also missing, you know, Jordan Jones supposed to come back. Um, you know, do we did lose a senior in Deion Stewart at a receiver, so he doesn't have a whole lot of options that are just um, really great from the receiver. So you're going to see a lot of those guys uh, get a lot of targets this year. Exactly. And we didn't see much in the way of punt returns. Um, our punting looked pretty good, you know, uh, this is a 44 average. Uh, that could be better. It was better in the last game, so hopefully we'll, you know, continue to prove on that. 56 long, though, so. Yeah. And it looked like, uh, we, you know, only punted four times. Mm-hmm. But 44 is not bad, that 56 yarders showed pretty good. It looks like they settled on Sam Loy, uh, not Reed Bauer this year. So it looks like it's going to be Loy going forward. He's uh, pretty trustworthy these last couple games. Exactly, and we had pretty good field position when we were punting too. So, you know, he didn't have a lot of opportunity just to 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 really put his foot in. I don't think. Oh yeah, sure. I would like to see us pin pin him a little bit more. Yeah, no, none, none inside the twenty. Any mm-hmm. uh, that's inside the twenty. So, so you know, I think that's where we can really work on. You know, getting back there, pinning them down. You know, just seeing special teams improve a little bit more in that area. But well, we saw that in the first couple games too. We weren't, um, you know, he had uh, Loy had some uh, dingers down there inside the ten, kind of five bouncing around, and we just can't get to him or you know knock it out or something, you know. And they ended up in touchbacks, but I don't, I didn't notice that many opportunities. It seemed like he was he had that one touchback, and then uh, maybe it wasn't inside there. Yeah, no, you're to right. Try. I guess I guess inside the twenty, if he has zero, then it was on him this time. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, punt returns. We really didn't try to return it. Fair catched it most of the time. Uh, we did try. We got eight yards. So, yeah, Burke sat along the seven, but this wasn't his uh, best game. He, he did. He you know tried to return three of them, half the punts they had. So, uh, I've seen better from him, but I do like uh, Burks. Uh, he's aggressive on. Uh, Going for a punt return. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'm waiting for it to really break out. I'm waiting for it to be really nice. I mean, I'd take it this week against San Jose State, but I'd love for, you know, A&M or Kentucky in the next couple games, you know, a, punt, a big special teams punt return for a touchdown. Exactly. Devion Warren did have one kick return for 36 yards, but we didn't seal the lane very good for him, and he wasn't able to get it all the way back. It looked like he might have a chance to to break it and take it back but yeah we we got to work on that too yeah we just haven't had a kicker punter turn for a touchdown in a long time i'd love to get one soon yeah well i mean it's really hard to get the lane sealed so they can get it down the sideline and get it back for a touchdown so you know and with these rules you know you're not seeing as many opportunities for a kick return Mm -hmm. we'll get 34 points and we only when we got to return one kickoff, so that's true. That's true. So yeah, that's about it on offense. I don't know. Do you have anything else that you want to? No, I just um, 
It was a nice combination of uh, Starkle driving us down the field and big plays. Boyd run. Uh, Knox had a nice 24-yard catch. O'Grady, of course, had the uh, um, Sports Center top two kind of play. Broke about five, six, seven tackles. That mm-hmm. 62-yard when we really needed it. Um, and then Burks with a nice 38-yard, you know, and then Boyd, of course, with a 59-yard run. So some big plays, a combination with some drives and a good amount of first down. So I think the offense did did what it should. Yeah, I agree. I know we saw Woods drop the ball a few times in this game, and he's really got to hold on to those. You know, he's he, especially with his talent and, and as good as he is. So, Yeah, he's got to um, – we just can't afford to drop the ball, as we've seen earlier by the guys. But he's a guy that's, you know – kind of a veteran as a sophomore or leader had a really good last year so hopefully he'll come on again and they were and big drops too yeah. it looked like he yeah. was going to get you know big big plays off of it and that's you know it wasn't like it was an ill delivered pass or anything like that yeah we just gotta rein those in but um yeah i think i'm ready to move to the defense and kind of talk a little bit of that yeah, absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's roll over there. You know, uh, Dejon Harris led us in tackles, twelve mm-hmm. had a t- half tackle for loss. Curl was second, uh, nine tackles. Aiden Henry had a big, he had a one and a half tackles for loss. Had that big hit, forced a fumble, mm-hmm. which is big in the game. Fouché was six tackles. Clellan, McClure. Uh, Monteric Brown, he had that fumble recovery, a couple pass breaks up. Nichols with four uh, tackles. Grant Morgan had his first career sack. Um, and it was on third down, stopping a drive uh, when we needed the defense. You know, um, TJ Smith had a sack. Gabe Richardson had a big sack, too. So, Yeah, I thought Morgan looked really good in this. He, he just seemed really quick, like he was breaking out and, and really getting in the backfield. Yeah. I thought the linebackers, I mean, stepping up too. Um, um, you know, Harris is going to be kind of a given, always double-digit tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's nice really to see Morgan and Hayden both just I mean, really well play games. That Morgan sack was exciting. Oh, yeah, and it was nice to see the aggressiveness of the Chiefs' defense really, you know, taking it to the other team, even though they were allowing some big plays even with that aggressiveness from time to time. Uh, but, yeah, there was definitely some blown coverage, and, and I would sack that up to the aggressiveness of the of the play calling on the defensive side of the ball. That is nice, just kind of injury news, but also, you know, Bumble, you know, he hurt, uh, hurt himself a, a, a sprained clavicle in his left shoulder that game. So he's day-to-day this week, but he was listed as a starter on the depth chart for San Jose State this weekend. So that gave, you know, kind of Morgan some more opportunities, uh, mm-hmm. Henry both. So, but it's nice to see uh, Poole's going to be for this game. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, man, it's San Jose State. So if Morgan's not healthy for the – or Bumper Poole's not healthy for this game and Morgan has to step up and take a few more steps for him, I'd rather see that than him get – Right. Than uh, him going into the A&M game beat up, you know. For sure, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. There's no reason. Um, I think we should be able to handle uh, San Jose State pretty well. 
Mm-hmm. With you know, with them, with over with Adams, need them for A and M for sure. And Gabe Richardson, he was getting in the backfield a lot, a lot of tackles for losses this game. Um, had, had a pretty decent game. Yeah, that sack um, he had on the quarterback ended up with them losing ten yards. That was a big play. He had a tackle on the all right, one and a half tackles for loss for another negative twelve. So he resulted. His really just two tackles on the game, um, you know, resulted in <laughs> negative 22 yards. So it's not, I, not too it's I pretty guess, efficient. They stand out to you, though. You know, you watch the game, you're like, oh, you oh, had yeah. a great game. It's like, oh, no, you had two tackles. Well, when it's the big plays, <laughs> and, um, you know, I'd have to look, but, you know, possibly on, when you're watching the game, you're, you you have no idea what happens. You see a, a big play like that just fires you up because that puts the you feel a lot better about your defense when you put the uh, the opposing offense, you know, kind of behind the eight ball. So those plays, yeah, number six, he looked good. He he looked he, he's a menace back there. Oh yeah, and on defensive line, you know, it's not. I mean, he might even be pushing the pushing the offensive line back into the backfield, you know, but not you know not getting the credit in the stat sheet. But I think what you were saying, how good of a game he had, I I think those those big plays and more, you know. Mm-hmm. And you saw Sully back there too, from time to time. Uh, you know, I know he was he had some quarterback hurries and, and stuff like that. So it was just nice to see that you know that aggressiveness. Although, you know, we're going to see more of that. I think that's going to be ratcheted up this next game. I think we'll use it as a as a primer to to really work on our blitzes and and uh, you know getting ready for A and M. Of course, I guess Coach has the philosophy of he don't want to show his hands, but I don't know. It's football, man. Don't be worried about showing your hands. Get out there and practice against these guys at uh, let's get better in a live game situation. That's my opinion. Yeah, we're not good enough right now um, as a football program to just play to run base on offense and defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not and not practice in game what we're going to do when conference season starts. Exactly. So. We need that. And we need that old Miss game back because we should have won that. After this game and that old Miss game, if we if we had Starkle taking snaps in practice as the first stringer, getting ready for Ole Miss game, going into the Ole Miss game, if he had this kind of performance – we would have won that old Miss game, period, point blank. Yeah, I agree with that. I think if he would have been, we'd be three and zero right now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just night and day, um, him versus Hicks. Um, you know, uh, Hicks had his chance, so there's nothing he can feel bad about. I mean, or you know, feel unjust because he was obviously not as good as Starkle. I got to give it to Hicks now. He's over there on the sideline. He's 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 working with Starkle. He's he's helping him out. He's you know, you can see them talking to each other and, you know, being a team player. And You know, a lot of guys would just get upset and stomp off and, and realize, like, you know, oh, I'm not going to be starting. But he's ready to jump in if he needs to, if, if uh, Starkle goes down or, or something like that. And he's trying to help Starkle be a better quarterback. So hats off to, to Ben Hicks for, for sure the way he's handling himself in this adversity right now. Yeah. And you know, I mean, in football, the quarterback gets hurt so much. You see with the NFL, 
I mean, right now you got Breeze Roethlisberger, you know, Nick Foles going down in the first week or two mm-hmm. out all or out all year, most of the year in college football it happens. I mean, Kentucky's got their quarterback out for a while. Florida's got their quarterback. So you never know. So he's got to stay ready. But it's great kind of as a, uh, you know, a player coach or somebody that, uh, you know, knows the offense, Morse's offense, even better, but mm-hmm. maybe just lacking in the talent. So it's great to see him over the sideline. Um, not pouting and really working as a team guy. Exactly. Being that team player and really helping him out. And hopefully we're going to get to see him trot on out there in the second half of this uh, San Jose State game. And and, uh, Stark will be able to kick back and drink a little Gatorade and enjoy the game some on the sideline. And we'll be able to run it up to about 70. Oh, yeah. I'd like to see Stark will come in, put some points on the board, get him out of there you know mm-hmm. um, keep him healthy keep him healthy for sure for um his his revenge game against a&m have hicks have him get him some success you know maybe in the late third you know into the fourth quarter get john stephen jones and even uh kj jefferson some some reps too that'd be the perfect like last game well we got western kentucky Ole miss felt like a non-conference i don't know um <laughs> it kind of is <laughs> it just didn't feel. I mean, I know, like Ole Miss, they can talk some stuff to me right now. That game was embarrassing. Um, that feels like we didn't a different have team ago. I don't know. Yeah, yet, that, so. that was their. Well, they really, you know, I don't know. Ole Miss like is have, also. I'd like to have like, a game over. Uh, Ole Miss is also like quit and give up like two games just out of forfeiting and stuff to Arkansas, so they don't have any room to talk about anything. <laughs> That's true. Really. We've never forfeited or We've never been quitters. They've claimed a win on some weird kind of you know. Uh, <laughs> we were getting thing, beat, so. so we quit, and we're gonna claim we won that one. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> or not even show up. Exactly. Like that nineteen oh nine game, we're just like, nah, we're just. I, like I wouldn't have showed up to that 1909 game either <laughs> I wouldn't I would either goodness and by the way you can get your uh, 1909 national championship t-shirt from uh, the hog call podcast all you gotta do is click the link in the uh, description below order yourself 120 bucks it's not bad and you'll be the talk of the town yeah, you know, in our fantasy league that we'll talk about later, uh, you know, the winner's going to get uh, something special from from that catalog. Um, but if I'm, I'm continuing to play well in that, so I may, I may have to win it. So you're going to have to, everybody are going to have to buy it, whether you think you're league or not. So yeah, some folks made comebacks this week, so it was a big week in fantasy. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to get to. I um, uh, also got to, before I forget, I, I know, yeah. um, Ladarius Bishop, the uh, game forced the fumble when Bishop um, took it, you know, for a scoop and score. I was nice mm. to see it two weeks in a row with a defensive touchdown. Exactly. Yeah. It, just very, very good defensive play. So the, the scoop and score, as we know, per the Sugar Bowl, is very important that the uh, defensive guys go ahead and scoop that ball up and get it in the end zone instead of uh, relying on the offense, no matter how good they are. Yeah, but the, I mean that's just nice to see getting turnovers these first couple weeks or turning a couple of them into touchdowns. If we could get a defensive touchdown at least one every week, that'd be big. 
Well, that's a huge ordeal, and that's coached. You know, that's a coaching situation. If you don't rep it enough, you know, the players are more likely to fall on the ball than scoop it and, and go for the score. So, Yes, that's that's what you like to see. Exactly. I do got to say, even though this was our rougher defensive game, that, you know, the way the defense played against Ole Miss lets me know that you know, we do have a defense that can play well in the SEC. So I just feel like, you know, it just wasn't our best defensive game. We just we, we could have done better defensively. However, we made the adjustments we needed to make to correct those, you know, those mistakes. So, you know, it's not about having a perfect defense week in, week out. It's about being able to overcome issues being able to make those adjustments and being able to you know to to do what you need to do to to correct what's going wrong yeah but like i mean like you said we've made the adjustments i mean not giving up a point in the fourth quarter is huge i'd take that every game oh yeah there's one quarter you don't want to give up any it's the fourth i mean that just looks good in the um in that 21 nothing Mm -hmm. uh, box for the um, you know, the column for the fourth quarter scoring total. I mean, that was big. Um, just to be able to shut them down like that and just continue and not even give up a, a late one, you know, or not even give up a trash one to let them get within, uh, you know, two touchdowns just for the look of it. No, we just went up 21 and held it in the end. Yeah, no, you're right. And, uh, you know, I think it was what the third quarter where they got that touchdown. It really felt like a trash touchdown. They they were given really good field position. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought <laughs> <laughs> as well. But yeah. So you know, I don't think you know. I don't know. Maybe that's just the Homer in me coming out, but. Uh, <laughs> I felt like I got kind of lucky on a couple of those scores. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And a couple of those big plays just probably could have, a simple mistake could have cut. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, their first touchdown and their last touchdown were uh, both 75 yards. You cut that out. I mean, you're looking at a more realistic score of 55 to, you know, um, 20 or so. You know, taking away the 14 points. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, I guess we could just keep talking about this game forever since we got that W if you want to and just see no, how long I'm, we can I'm, make honestly, the podcast. Huh? Oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the W. Um, you know, it was nice to see nice anytime you get a win, but it's not, it wasn't our Super Bowl and I don't think it was going to go down as the greatest win and Respect history. Um, but they were so. dancing around in the locker room like it was at the end. and That was a little bit embarrassing, I might say. Well, I, just, I just hope we can dance for the A&M game. You know, that's just not the high point of the season. Exactly. I, mean, I guess it's just kind of showing how bad they've really felt and been these last, you know, I mean, I'm glad they got to, years. I'm glad they got to celebrate and be excited and, and all that, but you know, at the same time, there's some games that I feel like are games you're supposed to win, you know. 
and uh, I felt like that was that was one of those games. You know, I felt like when you're in the SEC and you win a non-conference game, that's the game you're supposed to win. You know, that's like the guy running around saying, "Hey, guess what I did? I paid my child support. It's Friday." You know, well, you're supposed to. That's your job. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Hopefully, there's more occasions to really get excited and dance over. I know that was a big thing having a video of it, but I kind of forgot. I was like, who did we beat again? You know, but you know, good for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. Good, good for it. It is nice to have a reason to though. So. But I'm ready to... I hope they get to dance every single game for the rest of the season like that. Oh, yeah. You know, I guess I'm probably just jealous I wasn't in there dancing with them. That's probably... You. Yeah, you definitely would have been if you <laughs> been with us. You know, if you would have especially been under um, in the last year and a half, you know, just like, oh, no, I'm getting it out, you know. But who knows? You got to. But I now, definitely the first, if it would have been the Morris's first Power 5 win, you know he's he's dancing something something crazy when that happens. Well, hopefully it's going to be against the A&M. I think we got a shot, so I think this game's going to help, really help us understand. I think if we, if we go out to San Jose and we put an exclamation point on the win, yeah. it's really going to help us see, like, do we got an SEC you know, caliber team that can win some games now that we got this quarterback situation taken care of. You know, we need to go in there and get a get a win like a, you know, Auburn or 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 Alabama or you know Georgia would, LSU. You know, go in there and get like a 60, 70 point win. You know. Yeah, it's kind of talking about it at the beginning of the podcast. You know, it's just a step in that right direction. It's not the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's take this Colorado State win, a group of five win against Mount West School. You know, revenge over last year, our best win in the Chad Morris era so far. And uh, let's take care of business, blowing San Jose State out, and go down to Dallas and beat A and M. Get a big old I mean, this w. team's different. With yeah, exactly. Starkle. I know we'll talk a lot about it uh, previewing it next week, but just kind of just works out the story, man. You know, Starkle takes over third game of the year for us after, you know, uh, not only playing a couple snaps last year when uh, Jimbo took over, getting his revenge down there. And, you know, we only lost by seven. I had a chance if maybe a better quarterback like Starkle uh, had a couple fourth-quarter chances to tie that game, win that game uh, last year down there. And um, right now it looks like we have a better team, and A&M looks like they have about the same team. So uh, we got a shot. It'd be yeah, nice to see Stark go down there and throw for 400. Even more than Tyler Wilson did that one time. Have about 550. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Well, I think that's about all we got for the uh, Colorado State game. Let's uh, pause for a word from our sponsor. the Hog Call Podcast. Alright, well I guess we're going to be playing these uh, Stan Jose State Trojans like the uh, condom or whatnot. Damn it, Chad. How many times have we gone over this? It's the Spartans. San Jose oh. State Spartans. Oh, my bad, man. 
Either All this show prep we've done, man. Come on, it's Spartans. <laughs> you looked at the helmet. How many have you not watched the last what, couple of years? What's the difference Dane, between State? a Trojan and a Spartan? That's a good question. What I guess it? one's from Greece and I don't know. One's from somewhere else. Wow. Well. Hope nobody thinks we're just like, who are these guys? I have no idea. You know. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to be uh, playing these guys in uh, Donald W. Regelbeck Stadium. I guess it's set for, what, a 6.30 kickoff on the SEC Network? So, Yeah, they're a 1-1, beat Northern Colorado 35-18, lost to Tulsa uh, two weeks ago, 34-16. They were off last week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for, so they're, they're coming in ready. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may have a head coach in Brent Brennan that's four, four and twenty-three in his uh, major college coaching career, but they're coming. They're coming ready, aren't they? They are. And Tulsa's not looking that great this year either. Uh, you know, they took a loss to Michigan State, took a loss to Oklahoma State, so it's not like you know they're looking like a great team this year. So they didn't lose to like a good. Tulsa team. They locked to a, you know, a pretty average Tulsa team. Oh, gosh. And listen to this. Um, uh, for Northern Colorado's other two games. Well, they got beat by Washington State 59-17. But uh, last weekend, they got beat to Sacramento State 50 to nothing. Oh, wow. So that's a – they're a Division One FCS team. They are not very good. Okay. So, I don't. I, I'm not expecting much out of San Jose State, but well, I know their head coach is is Brett Brina. Uh, he's in his third third season as the head coach there. Um, his coaching record is four thirty two. Uh, so, you know, I mean, shouldn't be shouldn't be an issue to go in there and beat these guys. Uh, I guess he he went somewhere else and then came back to San Jose State as the head coach in, in 2017 and he was the receivers coach over at Oregon State so you know he's he's doing, he's trying to turn it around uh, so we'll see yeah absolutely I mean he's a fairly young coach he has coached in some uh, with some bigger programs um, he's a San Jose native uh and uh, the program wasn't very strong before him. Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly, you know, he's trying to uh, build the program um, and all. So it, it's, it seems like some tough work, and he's still on the climb. Exactly. And he's never played Arkansas, so, you know, he'll be, that's, you know, he'll have his first pretty loss good. to Arkansas after this. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good tri- trek over from San Jose, California over there. And they uh be fun, you know, get out of California, play from all the hippies and stuff and get in the Ozarks and get some fresh air and hike the mountains a little bit before you go and get beat up real bad and then get a big fat pocket full of money and going back home <laughs> and buy yourself Shoot. some new shoulder pads or whatnot. Shoot, yeah, that money's gonna go a long way. So he needs to come in here and take his whipping. 
Yeah, they need to get out and go see the, you know, San Jose State native. Uh, probably never been to the state of Arkansas, quite possibly. Um, but, uh, yeah, he needs to go over to the Buffalo, do some hiking maybe, maybe do a little float, you know, if he gets out here a little early. Mm-hmm. Come in here, just get relaxed, breathe air. Enjoy um, yourself. Yeah, no. Enjoy it, and then get ready to take a 72-0, to zero, you know, hassle. Yeah, and they'll probably put you up in that uh, Holiday Inn up in Bentonville. It's real nice, so it'd be a real comfortable place to, you know, stay. Oh, yeah, man. They're going to be up right, maybe even get some catfish hole. That'd be worth their trip. They definitely got a catfish hole in Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they're probably playing the biggest stadium they'll play in all year. And, you know, I bet the fans show up to this after that big W last week, all excited and stuff. And and so they they may be in front of the biggest crowd they're going to see all year. Yeah, they don't, I mean, uh, by far, because they play, you know, they're in the Mountain West Conference, so they're going to see teams like Air Force and um, uh, teams like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they play a lot of Western schools. No, nobody big. This is definitely the biggest, uh, biggest school they're playing. They get a nice trip to Hawaii in November. That, I wish we'd play Hawaii. That'd be pretty cool. That would be nice. I would like to play the uh, Rainbow Warriors. I tell you what, I do feel a little bit bad for them, honestly, because they've gotten shellacked in the last fourteen road games. Um, they haven't won one since November of of uh, 2016 uh, when they beat Fresno State. So, you know, that's got to be tough. Every time you get on a plane, it's just, you know, you know what's up. Yeah, I feel kind of bad for them not playing us. They're probably going to wish they played us the first week and not the third week when we got this confidence. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) You know, our quarterback for the rest of the year. So it's a bad time to play us because we're soaring with confidence. We're laying on Hopefully they don't take it too seriously and they, you know, rest their starters as soon as they can and, you know, keep themselves healthy. Yeah, there's no sense in trying to win this game, San Jose. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? You got a big matchup with at Air Force next next Saturday. You need to you need to prepare for. The last time they won a game in the Central Time Zone was 2012. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that's even worse for him. That's, that's pretty bad. Yeah, they're 0-6 <laughs> in the Central Town Zone, losing to Auburn, Minnesota, uh, twice, Tulsa, Iowa State. <laughs> wow. Even Texas beat them a couple years ago, 57 to nothing. Goodness gracious. Poor guys. Oh, Wow. You if think it's a alumni? close game, man, that's going to be a major issue. I'm just saying. <laughs> man, you think their alumni wash and the wash is no longer with us? And Dick Vermeil, I don't think they'd be too proud as Super Bowl winning coaches of <laughs> this San Jose State program right now. I mean, isn't that amazing that Bill Wash and Dick Vermeil were both players? San Jose State. I'm talking about multiple Super Bowls that came from players at that at, with those teams. What is it? Four or five Super Bowls? How many is that? I think, yeah. I think I think four combined. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. That's, that's pretty yeah. impressive, if you ask me. 
Yeah, because Walsh had three, you know, and Vermeil had the Rams on that uh, greatest show on turf team in 2000. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Kind of feels so. I feel like we're less with uh, Switzer and Jimmy Johnson just coaching, winning three Super Bowls. Exactly. Goodness. Barry Looney Jr., he's very uh, familiar with them. He coached there as their quarterbacks coach in 2003, 2004, and he was the uh, co offensive coordinator in 2004. So, you know, he knows what's coming in. He, he knows. Uh, uh, what kind of uh, what kind of teams fixing to roll in here? What kind of facilities they have, and, and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. He knows kind of what they're. <laughs> Man, it's, um, it's kind of been with us maybe almost since then, or a little bit after. So going back to his alma mater, but yeah, and and they hired one of our old uh, Fitz Hill, one of our old uh, yeah, position sure. coaches, as their head coach. So. You know, we we do have some some ties with this team, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, like uh, Willie Robinson, you know, defense coordinator under mm-hmm. Petrino. He was a San Jose State grad assistant in '79. Keith Burns, who coached under um, uh, Nutt, he's an assistant coach at San Jose State. So, I think when, um, well, I thought I assume when Fitzill was there, but not really. So. There's some connections. That's cool. Absolutely, it's pretty. It's pretty neat. So, you know, they are uh, they're coming in here to try to try to get the big W. Yeah, I mean, and their linebacker Ethan Aguayo, he's mm-hmm. the leader, uh, national leader in tackles per game at seventeen. Oh wow! So, <laughs> not too shabby. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I know in 2019 their offense was 87th in the nation, uh, uh, 93rd total offense, 95th rushing offense, passing efficiency 79th, uh, kickoff returns 56th, net punting was was 39th. So not very good. Just not a very good team, even in their, you know, even in their own division and, and their own. Yeah, they're not. I don't think they're expected uh, too high this year in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Playing some of those teams: Boise State, Wyoming, you know, Colorado State, Air Force, San Diego State. That's a heck of a conference, man. I like that. I'd like to go to some of those Hawaii. So that would be interesting. San Diego State. <laughs> I like playing these Mountain West schools, but yeah, but this. I mean. It's not a lot of brat to brag on for San Jose State in their current program. Yeah, I wish I could be a little bit more, uh, you know, optimistic for them, honestly. But uh, there are a lot of uh, California guys on their team. When you look at the roster, almost all of them are from California. Um, just a couple <laughs> players who aren't. So, you know, they're they're just they're definitely a small school. They're they're pulling in the kids they can they're trying to stay you know home based as far as that goes uh they got their quarterback here josh love he's 6'2 205 pounds he's a senior so he's been playing for a while and uh you know he's gonna be coming out to prove something this year and, and if he can get an upset you know he'd be real excited about that so you, you always gotta be careful in every year picking up that 
squirrel that's packed up in the corner. <laughs> I like that. I used a different animal this time. Yeah, I like that, man. Those squirrels could be rabbit. You never know. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, foaming at my mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, Josh Love, you know, he's got six. So he's played in quite a quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was 16 on 30. No interceptions, no touchdowns. 80, 189 yards against Tulsa, 21 out of 31. 224 yards, two touchdowns, no interception against Northern Colorado. Um, okay. So, what? so yeah. Uh, yeah, eight starts last year. So he's got some experience from the quarterback position. But, uh, yeah, as you're saying, a lot of guys from California, you know, then they're competing with, uh, you know, USC and California, Stanford. Man, that'd be tough, wouldn't it? <laughs> among and, among quite a other quite a bit of other teams in California uh, schools in California too. And 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 they're not a very big like physically. They're not very big. Like even their wide receivers. You look. You got Isaiah Hamilton is five eleven, hundred eighty pounds, and and uh, Bailey Gaither is six one and. 182 pounds and Trey Walker 5'11 175 pounds just small short wide receivers um you know and you they got a couple of guys I thought you know their their line is uh is a pretty good size decent size line o-line uh their tight end Bill Humphrey 6'5 245 pounds so you know we, we shouldn't have any problem with them like airing the ball out deep on us or anything like that, or throwing up jump balls or anything down the field. If we do, that's that's a real situation. So yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I'd expect yeah. to see us a few picks in this game. Yeah, I would too. No, not like last week where, you know, where they had even six, six guys and kind of range from that, but their receivers are top three on their depth chart. Um, 5'11", 6'1", and 5'11", all under 200 pounds. Um, you know, quarterback six two two oh five, so not really a huge guy. Running back five eleven two twenty three, mm-hmm. uh, not a huge guy. So it's okay to be. Hey, a we're going to be running back. back, yeah. But when yeah. you look at their line, that's when you start to see some only, size. You know, really, so. yeah. Only one guy three oh seven, one guy three hundred, and there there are three other guys under under three hundred. Mm-hmm. What is that, uh, Quinn Osland? The right tackle is 6'6", 305, and then the left guard, Troy Kawasaki, who's 6'5", 307. You know, a couple of seniors, I think. So. Yeah, a couple of seniors, one of them from Springfield, Illinois. So they had a old boy from the Midwest to come <laughs> in be one of their big guys, tallest guy, too. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Their center, uh, Kyle Hoop, is 6'1", 285 pounds, so... He's probably the smallest guy on their on their offensive line. Um, you got uh, Tyler Stevens is six four, two hundred ninety eight pounds. Uh, is right guard. So you know, I mean, their their line is you know they're mainly seniors. Uh, they got a jun- two juniors, the rest are seniors. So yeah, I mean, and they got you know some experience, experienced team, senior quarterback, running back. Uh, senior wide receiver and other junior wide receivers. I mean, tied in a junior. So looking at just that one sophomore and uh, the right guard, Tyler Stevens, and the rest of the guys are upperclassmen. So that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing to have. Oh, exactly. Offense. And then, and then the you know the backups are, 
you know, pretty young, pretty young guys. Of course, that's to be expected most of the time. But this year they're rolling out with quite a few seniors, a, a pretty, uh, you know, talented team that's been, you know, in the uh, in the mess for a while and know what's going on. So expect them not to be. I would expect them not to be making a lot of mistakes and stuff like that. And, you know, we just wanted to go out here and handle business and do what we got to do as a defense, you know, uh, practice some of our blitz packages, stuff like that, getting in the backfield, taking care of the quarterback. Yeah, I expect double – I expect quite a few sacks, um, double-digit tackles for losses, mm-hmm. uh, uh, three or four or five turnovers caused, maybe a defensive touchdown. Yeah, I hope to see a pick six in this game and, and a few interceptions. Um, I think they're probably going to try to run the ball a lot on us and try to open it up with that uh, big line they got. I think that would be a good test for us is how well we'll be able to handle that. And, uh, and, and, and you know, I think that's a that's the one thing you can watch here is how well does our defensive line match up against that large uh, offensive line that has all that experience. How well does our defensive line do against them? And that, that, that'll really be something to watch and say where we can judge like, okay, this is, uh, you, you know, we can see improvement on the defensive line there and it'll give them a great, great time to practice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some of those young guys, um, you know, they need every game. I mean, every, you know, every game counts as, uh, game's been through it. Harris has played SEC schools for, you know, it's their third, you know, fourth years for those guys. They've seen it before. Uh, these true freshmen, I mean, this is better better opponents than their high school uh, mm-hmm. game. So, every exactly. rep counts for, you know, guys like Nichols and uh, Sully and Clay. So. so, yeah, I mean, nothing to be scared of. Uh, we just got to go out there and handle business defensively. We, you know, Hopefully we can get a goose egg on this. I mean, looking at these guys and, and the, the struggles they've had this year and and uh, as good as our offense or our defense should be, we should be able to stop their offense totally, uh, you know, and get a, get, a, get a big old goose egg. And that would really feel good in this game. Yeah, to get a, get a shutout and then scoring, you know, 60-something, 70 points would – would be great you know mm-hmm. um i mean that shutout last year of tulsa was a little, pretty much the last positive of last season there was several games left in that season but um it it's still was something and no matter who it is and i'll take a shout out of san jose state or any really yeah. good momentum going to this uh tough stretch run of opponents we have Exactly, and that'll you know that'll hype us up, have us feeling good going into the A and M game. So really like to see a shutout here, and it, it's totally possible. So yeah, I guess that's our predicted prediction defensively for the Arkansas Razorbacks. We're going to dominate. Yeah, I don't see there any question about that. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about the offensive side of the ball? Anything we missed that we need to talk about? Is that they have any kind of uh, amazing talent that's, you know, Heisman Trophy quality guys hiding out or anything like that? that I really, you know, overlook? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, not lucky for them. 
Um, they do, um, you know, Parker does carry the ball a good bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll, they'll run them, but they also have a senior quarterback. Just kind of a balanced offense, but I do expect them to uh, run on us quite a bit um, and try to get through this game uh, with nothing just, you know, not crazy getting blown out. Um, you know, Trey Walker, uh, probably their main guy, he's got a 1,000 yards in 21 games mm-hmm. um you know blackwell he's got 530 yards in his career squad receivers so it's kind of their receiving group hamilton um really not played just played this year um so yeah so that's it i mean i'm i'll be honest with you guys i didn't get a chance to watch that san jose tulsa game so I can't really talk to their offensive scheme. Uh, I just I don't know much about this team. Did you get a chance to to you know watch any of that film, Tim? Or can't say I did. Uh, going forward, I'll be able to uh, set up watch to every team we've played from here on out. But no, I cannot say I watched any of the uh, Tulsa game. There's been a lot of good games on. I do wish I would have glanced quickly because um, I usually do like to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I did not catch any of that one. Yeah, sorry guys, I didn't. Uh, I didn't either. Uh, I was too busy watching the you know, other SEC games that we're going to be playing coming up and and uh, trying to you know scout that film. So yeah, it is what it is. You know, we shouldn't have to really, honestly. <laughs> no, but well, I mean, like next. Next week's opponents A and M, and I'll be watching the uh, Auburn A and M this weekend. So I'll catch that, you know. Mm-hmm. And after that, I've seen a little bit of Kentucky and kind of going for there. But San Jose State's a tough team to, and they didn't. They've only played two games. Only one of them was Access. You know, it was on ESPN three, so it's not like they were on regular TV either. Exactly. So. Yeah, I was just looking here at their their box score real quick, and when they played Tulsa. You know, DeJohn Packer, you know, carried the ball the most uh, with uh, Nick Nash behind him and and, uh, Tyler Nevins behind him. And, uh, you know, that was uh, 53, 48, and 20 yards. So, you know, that that was where, you know, their their running game come from. Uh, And they seem to, you know, be able to put some, some rushing yards up. And then in the receiving yards, they really did try to spread around a lot with uh, uh, Bailey Gather getting 68 yards, Bill Humphreys okay. getting 52, and Jermaine Baddock getting 44, and uh, Derek Dennis getting 33, and Isaiah Hamilton getting 18. Uh, so, yeah, they you know they it looks like they're trying to spread it around. They're trying to get it to a lot of different guys and so on and so forth. And it, it could just be because they were playing – you know, Tulsa. I mean, it was a sixteen to thirty-four game. They they were in it for you know the entire first half, uh, tied it up. You know, and then going in third quarter, that's whenever Tulsa started pulling away. So you know they had an opportunity to uh, to win it most of the game. So you know they were playing, you know, the guys who who they you know would normally play. They wouldn't just putting those guys in as, as junk receivers or anything like that. So we're going to, you're probably seeing them spread around the field quite a bit. 
Nice. Yeah, I think I, that's a guy you mentioned, Bailey Gaithers, that I missed. Um, had 764 yards in his career, eight touchdowns. And also missed the running back, um, uh, Nevins. Mm-hmm. He's had a career, you know, 1,300 yards, but only, you know, used not as much this year. Yeah. Looks yeah. like they do have some options. So no no superstar, though, on offense. So they're still trying to kind of find out who's going to be the leader in production. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we, we should have opportunity to, you know, to take care of this uh, this team and, uh, and knock it out. And like we said, moving forward, we'll make, you know, we'll, we'll be able to analyze the offense a little bit better for you as far as their scheme goes. Heck yeah. All right, so I guess we can move into the defense here. All right, let's do it. <laughs> So uh, I'm looking here at uh, Vimali Fajico, I guess is, is how you say it. Their defensive end, 6'4", 233 pounds, uh, a freshman. Uh, they got the uh, nose tackle, Salala Slatu, 6'2", 334 uh, pounds. Uh, defensive end, Cade Hall, 6'2", 260 pounds. And, uh, yeah, that, so, so, you know, their defensive line is definitely a average size defensive line that they're uh, looking to make something happen that nose tackle is a big old guy so you got to wonder how how quick he is if he's going to be able to get in the you know if he's going to be able to get in the backfield or are they just using him to plug up the the middle and just try to stop the power run yeah you know Kate Hall at the interior he's got 47 career tackles 14 games three sacks um, Latou's got 64 tackles through 18 games, a couple tackles for a loss, no sacks. Uh, then, uh, Fahoku, uh, he's only really played six games. All of his tackles come this year, nine. So not big production for that defensive line. Yeah. Even though they're, you know, not, you know, even though they're not bad sized or whatnot. So, so they're linebackers. You got, uh, Jesse Osanah. A uh, six foot, two hundred twenty five pound senior. Uh, you got uh, Tyson Parker, six one, two hundred twenty two pound junior. Uh, Ethan Agio, six two, two hundred twenty eight pound senior. Uh, Rico Tolfrey, six one, two hundred thirty three pound senior. So it looks like they're gonna be running a three four against us as far as the uh, the the defensive scheme goes. Yeah, so Suna's got a couple sacks, um, two forced fumble, three fumble recoveries um, at 25 career games, over 100 tackles. Um, Parker's played in 23 games, not as much, um, you know, only 66 tackles. Aguayos, who we mentioned before, uh, tied for the lead nation with 17 tackles a game. Um, um, he's had four sacks in his career, seven pass breakups, too. Austin Darden, um, nine games for his career, so... Exactly. They'll be using all four of those linebackers, like you said. Yeah, their cornerback, uh, Zay Moore Ziegler, he's 5'10", 175 pounds. We should be able to take advantage of him and uh, just uh, throw the ball all day long his way and catch it. And, and, and uh, just, you know, that that should be a – that should, you know, with the size and the talent we have, that, that should be somebody we should be targeting a lot to uh, – 
to throw the ball to whoever uh, he's covering. Uh, then you got uh, Brandon Easel, six foot, uh, hundred ninety pound cornerback, uh, and uh, you know you, you got a little bit more of a threat there. Both of them are seniors, so they they do probably uh, have been coached up. They do probably have pretty good talent as far as uh, their you know their technical skill set goes. But we should still be able to take advantage of those guys with their size. Yeah, and Ziegler's a guy. Um, actually, he's got 775 career rushing yards. Uh, played oh, wow. Uh, run, had a couple starts at running back through his career. He's fluent in sign language, so interesting. I like those two way players. You don't see that too often. That's pretty um, cool. But yeah, over. Uh, he's got 33 games at cornerback, but uh, God, we're still going to be able to take advantage of these guys. You know, it's not too too experienced. He's Ells. Mm-hmm. Only got. 11 games in his career. I'm a, kind of a unit that um, Trey Watts only got, a, you know, 12 games in his career, Webb and Leonard. Mm. So uh, not real experience back there. Or, or exactly. Actually, like a team, a unit we can attack. Yeah, they're safeties and their help over the top. 6'2", 195 pounds. Trey Webb, uh, Jay Leonard, 6'1", 209 pounds. Uh, both juniors, you know, one of them from uh, Beaumont, Texas, uh, Leonard. So, you know, he's probably, you know, you know those Texas guys, probably pretty, pretty decent player. Uh, yeah. My thing is, is, is uh, you know, you got to be careful with that help. It looks, you know, I would say they're probably uh, a little bit better than the, the cornerbacks as far as their size and how they're going to match up with us. Um, so that there could be a possibility of them jumping a ball here and there, but uh, both of them being juniors too, you know, kind of negates some of that at the same time. Yeah, Leonard, um, um, he's a guy that's uh, a starter in the last 20 games dating back to 2017. Uh, tied for third last year with 91 tackles. Uh, had 12 tackles in a pass breakup against Tulsa. Mm-hmm. And um, also Webb is started in each of the first two games, played 24. So that's definitely... Uh, a little bit better than the cornerbacks. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, you know, we're going to be seeing, like I said, a 3-4 defense. Uh, you can see a lot of that. Uh, probably going to be running, you know, some uh, cover two on us. I would imagine they're going to stay in a zone situation. Uh, you know, maybe a cover one free man uh, type situation. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I, I think it's a team we should be able to have about 500 yards plus a couple hundred on the ground and a couple 300 or so in the air, too. Exactly. With that three, I bet we run a lot kind of when we get a lead on these guys. Well, with that three-man front, we should be able to run the ball and get, you know, four or five yards whenever we want to. Um, unless they fill with a linebacker on the line, and then we should be able to run the ball to the linebacker side and and uh, get, you know, three, four yards whenever we want to pretty easily and be able to just run the ball right down the field. Uh, now, will we run the ball right down the field like that? Probably not. Doesn't seem to be our coaching style, even when we are running the ball really well in those situations. It seems like uh, we start throwing it around whether we need to or not, so I doubt we will stick just with the run game, even though we probably could. But, you know... Uh, 
we you know it'd be nice to do that but at the same time our quarterback you know didn't starkle didn't get as many first team reps as he should so it'd be nice to see him aired around a little bit and get some more you know first team reps yeah i expect us to have starkle you know continue to get in rhythm for at least the first couple of quarters and really uh but we've definitely got to continue with that run game to set up the pass that's why we were having a success on, on uh, both both parts. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's true. And I expect quite a bit of running through through the middle and end of the game, especially. Yeah, I um, think they try to keep it fifty fifty. You know, when it's to our detriment, they try right. to keep the run pass game fifty fifty, which is just the you know it's just the coaching philosophy. Yeah, but right now with a, a good stable running backs, you do want to. See quite a bit exactly exactly so uh yeah anything about these special teams we need to know they got uh, like the special well, teams guy the the year the punter uh gallon uh, he's averaging 40 points a game um mercurio their place kicker first major career field goal of 22 yards against tulsa he also missed a 42 yarder um so he's not had a lot of experience. He's five for five on PATs, at least against Northern Colorado. So nobody real mm-hmm. special. Um, okay. Nobody really of any returners that jump out either. Okay. Well, there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that's a good breakdown uh, of these guys. Um I don't. I don't really have anything else on them. Uh, you know, they 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 did score some points on Tulsa, and you know they beat Northern Colorado. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to come in here and and hope to catch us off guard and try to you know beat a uh, SEC school. I mean, how huge would that be for that for their team, and how how huge would that be for their uh, for their uh, you know, recruiting. So, you know, they're definitely going to come in and, and, and try to win this thing. I think the best thing for us to do is just get that notion out of their head right away and let them know, look, you know, you hadn't won a away game and forever you're in the central time zone. Might as well just give on up and let us win this thing. It's a team that's come with nothing to lose. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, team, uh, coach Brandon's trying to build that program. Not too Success, uh, not just with him, but uh, here in the last several years. So uh, they're they're coming with nothing to lose. They don't get this opportunity to play in SC school every day. Um, so they're going to come in and uh, probably enjoy the trip, you know, and probably enjoy being here and come with just nothing to place and um, kind of a night game, a big show. Should be a pretty good crowd. Um, should be a good atmosphere. So. But hopefully we just punch them in the mouth to begin with and don't, you know, don't let go. Exactly. I think that's the thing we got to do. We just got to, you know, put them in their place and step on their throat and choke them out. Well, yeah, I like it. Well, before we make our predictions, let me just say that we are predicted by my bookie to uh, win this game by at least 21 points. Uh, we're the 21-point favorites. Um, 
you know, I don't, I don't think that would be an issue. Um, I, I'd say, you know, we, we better win this game by, by that spread. Uh, I think that's, you know, kind of a low spread for us, honestly, but hopefully we will, uh, hopefully we'll beat that for sure. And if you're going to be betting, guys, go ahead, go to my bookie, use promo code hog call. If you use promo code hog call, they're going to match whatever your deposit is. So if you put in a hundred, they're going to give you 200. If you put in a thousand, they're going to give you 2000 and that's all the way up to a thousand dollars. They're going to match that deposit. So go ahead Use promo code hog call. What do you think about that spread? I I mean, I, I think it's fair just because we haven't given them too much to um, show otherwise mm-hmm. that we can really c- consistently blow somebody out. But you know what? I expect it should be more. I expect it should at least be 21 and more. But, you know, the Vegas guys in my book, you guys are pretty, uh, you know, they're pretty good. They They get a lot of things right, do a lot of research. So. That's true. That's still pretty good, but I'd like to see us. I'd like to see it a lot more than that. No, I, I totally agree. Well, do you want to uh, give your prediction? Do you think we're going to beat that point spread? Yeah, actually, I do. I feel pretty good and confident. I'm going to go with 56 to 7. 56 to 7. All right. Um,. You know what, I think that Nick Starkle has, has really found his stride. I think another week of practice is just going to make him better. I think uh, the, the 50 points we put up last week was good. I think if he had been repping the ball uh, this entire year, that we would have seen a lot more in that last game. So I'm going to say we win this one 62-0. to zero. Wow, I like it a lot. I think our defense is going to show up. I think we're going to get the goose egg. I think they got a little bit embarrassed last week. I think they're going to uh, be playing for pride this week, and uh, I think I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see it all come together for the first time under Chad Morris. Okay, I'd like to keep keep building off that Colorado State game. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, what we need to do continue to when we play these teams is like okay we don't we don't take these teams lightly we just blow them out from start to end set a precedent for the for this program and the rest of Chad Morris era exactly but so, I'll, yeah I'll take either of those scores but a lot of shutout would be nice so so yeah so you know we're still on uh, still on the course to win a national championship till Alabama beats us or or we will win a flu, a few more or we lose a few more games uh in the SEC uh, I think we could definitely do it with a one loss team uh, especially if we turn it around you know a lot of people are like oh that's crazy it's probably not going to happen and probably not but you never know and I'm going to be rooting for it until it doesn't happen uh this is one of those games we said we'd definitely win um at this point, Tim, in the season, have you changed, you know, your prediction that much? I know we were in the seven win, eight win prediction prior to this point. Are you, you know, just knocking one win off that? Are you saying we're a six, seven win team? Are we going to a bowl game? You know, I still expect, uh, you know, I, I counted all 
picking eight wins as a win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to have to be honest and say I take one down. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking six or seven. I think absolutely it'd still be a bowl team. Yeah, but we're going to have to win some SEC games. We're going to absolutely have to. It's not going to be good enough to win the non-con and be four and zero. You know, this weekend we win San Jose State. We're three and one. Mm-hmm. We've won more than we did last year. We got an opportunity to beat West Kentucky and have four wins this year, double our win total. But that's not good enough. All we got to do is win two SEC games. I'll I'll feel like this team's improved. We get Stark on the kind of offense to even grow even more next year. He's going to be a senior. Uh, defense continue to get older and wiser and better. Absolutely. Uh, but I'll, I'll be honest with Chad. I'm going to have to knock that eight wins seven. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think we're a six, seven win team. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I think uh, we're, we're looking at a bowl game, which would be good. It would be better not having a bowl game this year. Yeah. That's really <laughs> what I expect and want to see. Uh, and, uh, yeah, hopefully – Hopefully we get lucky and it goes the other way too. You know. Also, ask me. Uh, how about this? Ask me after they end game. Because if we do pull that off, and that's my because ex- I don't know if I picked them to beat any part mm-hmm. of that eight wins. So if we beat them, I'm coming going back to eight wins. Yeah, I think that's one of those games we flipped the coin on and we said this could be a fifty-fifty uh, win. And I think if we go and handle our business in A and M. I don't think either one of us picked us to win that game. That, yeah, I would be back to that 7-8 win mark. So, Yeah, and A&M's not a team that's just full-out impressed me this year. Mm-mm. It's hard to hard to obviously beat Clemson right now, but you know they never were really in that game, and they've just kind of played some cupcakes the other two weeks. So it'll be kind of see how they play against Auburn this weekend really see how we're going to match up against them. But uh, I just coming off right now, if they blow Auburn out, um, I might feel, oh, less confident. But right now I feel like, you know, we definitely got a shot this year against Absolutely. Well, I think that's about it. Have we missed anything? Is there anything else you'd like to say about San Jose State? Are we ready to move forward? No, I think I'm, I'm ready to wipe my hands or, you know, move on to the actual game. Not a whole discuss further about San Jose State. So there's some other things to get into. Absolutely, yeah, we definitely do. So... Back to the Hog Call Podcast. Hey, let us us have it, man. What do you think about the... uh, What's what's going on with the uh, fantasy? All right, well, congratulations to you, Chad, for you know, uh, being on a one-game win streak, breaking the zero and two part you had, getting right back there, game out of the playoff, uh, game out of the division race. So you're right in it. I mean, well, the season's still got you know seven or eight weeks of the regular season. Um, uh, you know, there's a couple of three and zero teams or teams in the SEC division, two legit to quit touchdown. Jesus are both rocking and rolling right now, and uh, sadly, I'm. Tim's actually tied four-way tie for the SEC division with Go Tigers, Tim, Van Gundy's mullet, and Dirty Owls. But <laughs> the rest of the teams in that division are one and two, so a long way to play. Um, very exciting. So oh, that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, I just got lucky, man. I made a couple moves, and and uh, you know, just you know, I, I think there's a you know everybody's got different strategy or whatnot, but I think. 
I've learned going from the, you know, NFL games to the to college games that there's some surefire guys you can pick, especially when they're playing these small schools, and it makes a lot of sense to go ahead, <laughs> go with those picks early in the year. And, you know, that should have been pretty obvious to me starting off, but it wasn't. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you also... Uh... You have Rakeem Boynton. He really showed out last week helping you get that win. So another this weekend, I know you'll be starting him and might get quite a few points from him. Get you another in the win call. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Rakeem Boyd's the guy, you know. He's the man. He's going to carry my team the whole year. I'm uh, going to live or die by him. And uh, that's how it should be if you're a real Razorback fan and you're in a fantasy league. If you ha- had the opportunity to draft for Keen Boyd and you didn't and there's something wrong with you. Oh yeah, that's for sure. You you jumped on him before I got the chance, so that was a great <laughs> pick. As soon as you drafted him, I was like I should have drafted him. Even <laughs> around early. He didn't go too late, obviously. Rounds, but it's like, man, dang it, I wish I would have especially the way he started running, especially this past weekend. Man, he looks good. Yep, knew it the whole time. <laughs> so hopefully we continue to see that. Uh but yeah, that's some, you know, you got a ch- shot against El Bato's team, uh, who's 12th in the conference right now. You're, uh, so it's a team you should be able to beat. Um, I'm playing the Arkansas Raisin Snacks, who are pretty good. They're 2 and 1 right ahead of me in the standings. Oh, wow. Um, so that's, that's going to be a big, big matchup. Well, big week in fantasy. Yeah. I mean, it's starting. I mean, you know, I'd like to see the current. Pre- see how things are looking they still got me at five and six and 12th so they got me out of the playoff spot they got you ooh, maybe one or one game out five and six down there with me chad so we've got some impressive to do with this yahoo mathematical formula it's a long year one of my one of my leagues they said i had the best draft out of anybody else like i mean top-notch draft like a plus just amazing awesome draft right yahoo said like this team can't lose said i was gonna go undefeated (laughs) they did they said i was gonna go undefeated and i've lost every game so far so you know yahoo doesn't know what it's talking about when it comes to that kind of stuff in my humble opinion no, they don't, especially in college. <laughs> so, season ain't over. There's a lot of college football left to be played. There is a lot of time to turn it around. So, yeah, heck yeah, but well, some ha- fun so far. Yeah, absolutely. And hats off to everybody that's playing. If you got a team and you want to leave a voicemail, go ahead, leave a voicemail. We'll play it on the podcast. You talk a little. Uh, fantasy trash we'll drop it in right here after the segment Uh, yeah please do that that'd be fun we'll (laughs) give it right back to you exactly exactly um so yeah do we have any more on uh fantasy we need to go over i think that's uh about it for this week absolutely okay well i know why we do have an undefeated team to talk about that is our hockey that is oh, our yeah. hockey team. Yeah. Uh, we beat uh, Dallas Baptist University, a D2 team, uh, pretty handedly. 
uh, won that series. And then we went to Nebraska and won that series. So hats off to the hockey team. That's a big win at Nebraska. They're going to be playing Kansas next. Uh, and this is at Springdale. So if you are in Fayetteville, if you are in Northwest Arkansas, go support your hockey team. Go to Springdale. Watch the game. They're undefeated. They're likely going to win the championship this year. They've they've consolidated the D1 and D3 team. And they just got an amazing, amazing team this year. One of the things they're doing that I saw that was really neat is they're doing a profile of each player, two players each week. So we can get to know the teams. And I'm re-posting uh, that on Facebook. So go check that out. Uh, it's really neat just learning about the players and seeing their upbringing and, and what got them into hockey and, and learning their stats and so on and so forth. It's a it's a really good team. And, you know, I just, I just want to just try to tell people, just go out there and support the team, you know. Get behind them. They need us now more than ever. The last thing I want to see is this D3 team folding too and, and us losing hockey because... You know, it hadn't been around that long, but for the time it has been around, it's been a very successful team for us. Yeah, they've been very good. Uh, it's cool. You don't get that all the time. Not a, lot of, not a lot of hockey around here. They wear the Razorback with pride. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this year, I mean, they have, they've given up a high of six, or three goals. Have, we haven't scored below five all year. Mm-mm. So, I mean, some of these schools um, – you know, four and zero, looking good. We got two more against Kansas, like you said. Then we go; uh, those are all at home. I've been in Springdale so far this year. Then we go to Nashville for three games after that. Two against Vanderbilt and Middle Tennessee. So, uh, try to rack up some wins against Kansas before we go and hit the road. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, we're fixing to be an SEC play, you got a chance to get out there and watch them. So, go ahead and do that. I tell you what, you know, I, I would say. For the team, though, get some stats on your on your page, man. Yeah, I'd like to see some, uh, even just some minimal stats. I know, kind of with cut funding, you know, maybe they don't have. Mm-hmm. But uh, would love to see some more stuff, just so uh, easier to kind of talk about. Uh, exactly. Awesome. Exactly. Now they are uh showing the games and i've seen i've seen two of the games i watched one of the bad dallas baptist university games i watched one of the nebraska games this year and golly do we look aggressive uh, a lot of checks you know uh moving the puck really fast up and down the ice uh just a just a really aggressive team uh night and day from the d1 team last year where they you know didn't have uh, the aggressiveness from time to time that we'd like to see, and a D three team when they got into the, uh, the the harder play, it's just a night and day team. You can tell that they're out to prove something this year, uh, and they're out to do something special and have a special year. Just just the way they are uh, they're attacking the ice is is just awesome to see. I mean, it's it's a it's a really fast uh, paced game they're playing this year. A lot of passing and are shooting the puck a lot. And, uh, you know, that's what you want to see from a great hockey team. Uh, a lot of times teams will they'll hold the puck too much. They'll pass it around too much. They won't, uh, they won't take those shots and try to get it down the net. And then also our goaltender, like you said, 
you know, we, we've been uh, we've been staving off the points. So our goaltenders have looked really good uh, this year too. So, yeah, just an excellent team to watch. Uh, that's, yeah, that's that's incredible. I like that aggressiveness. It's good. It's gonna be a fun team to watch all year long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited about it. And uh, you know, we're six time SEC champion in hockey. I mean, mm-hmm. how cool is that? Um, I also like it's kind of. I mean, we start so early September and season doesn't end until you know nationals is in late March. Mm-hmm. So it's about one of the longest sports. That's so pretty cool. Um, Oh, that yeah. they get to play that long and, you know, with various breaks in between, but continue just playing, playing, play. We're such a physical sport, too. Absolutely. And I know Matthew was uh, sending us some tweets and direct messages and stuff over the over the uh, summer, and he was like, hey, look at these moves, and, and uh, we've made some great, you know, pickups and additions to the hockey team. He was super excited. So he'll be coming on soon to give us a state of the program. And I'm really excited to hear that segment. Yeah. Come on, Matt. Get your stuff together. Go do a live report and, uh, you know, get us informed as well as the listeners. Um, I do wish there was a game down in Little Rock for him to go see uh, this season, but uh, doesn't look like it. Of course, he could go right over to all of Branch, Mississippi and go see us play Ole Miss, or he could come up to Springdale. Absolutely. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, real, uh, real interesting. And if anybody's wondering, how are you watching these these uh, games? They got them on YouTube Live. So I uh, pop it up on my TV. I don't know about you guys, but I got YouTube uh, app right on the TV now. I just pop up the YouTube app, put it full screen, and I'm just watching the uh, the game like I would a football game or anything else right on my big screen TV, kicking back with a beer. So that's uh, pretty cool, pretty easy to do. Yeah. Well, it's cool, but, yeah, YouTube these days is like, man, if, you have, if anybody out there hadn't used it, just use that app uh, mm-hmm. kind of on the TVs. Most of the TVs now, if you bought one the last couple of years, should have that. Uh but how cool is that to have it on the big screen? You don't have to plug your computer into the TV or anything like that. You just exactly use that YouTube app and watch it. And if you're out and about, you can get it going in the app on your phone. You can plug it in, listen yeah. to it too, because they actually have announcers and everything. So you know, if you're driving around or something like that, you could listen to it or put it on in the background. Heck yeah, yeah, that's a great way to do it too. But. Okay. And they play usually, you know, on the weekends. So you can just kind of weekend some hockey, mm-hmm. or start your weekend, you know, in the week with some hockey. Because mm-hmm. usually they have like a Friday night game and and a Saturday game, or sometimes they'll do a Saturday game and a Sunday game. So it's pretty oh, yeah. it's pretty cool to be able to spread out your Razorback sports like that. And at different times too. Like sometimes they'll play, you know, eleven a.m. or sometimes they'll play nine p.m. Mm-hmm. All over the place where. You- if some schedule don't work out for you, you can probably catch them another, another time. You know, exactly. I know. I know. Here lately, they've been coinciding pretty close with the football games, so I just catch them on the non-Saturday days. You know, uh, I do that a lot. A lot with these sports that have uh, series games, where I'll just you know watch one game out of the series. Right. Oh yeah. It's kind of like baseball is like that. Mm-hmm can't catch them all. I mean, at least you get to watch some. Uh, 
see the different team play. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I think that's it about the uh, the hockey team. Um, what was it? The the girls soccer team had a uh, had a big win, huh? Yeah, they knocked off the uh, number one North Carolina team. Um, got up on them a couple goals, um, and that was the first time in almost a thousand games that the North Carolina women's uh, women's soccer team has been down by two goals. Uh, or more, so we really put a hurting on them at home. Um, always good to beat a number one team, especially in fa- our fans that kind of get to see it. You know, maybe um, I know they've had some pretty big crowds out there, and kind of coming off for you know an, a, a hog pressionless Sunday morning um, did not hurt for probably a really fun atmosphere out there. Well, so that's what congratulations to, to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, congratulations. Good job. It's always good to see a uh, another Arkansas Razorback team getting out there and, and getting a big win. You know, we support every single one of you. Uh, I wish we could devote enough time on the podcast to every single sport out there that we have, but goodness gracious, that's just that's that just be hard <laughs> to do, you know. Shoot, yeah. And also, uh, before that, they beat um, they went on the road in Waco, Texas, and beat number twenty two Baylor. I think ended a pretty good home streak by them. So they're kind of on a roll. So uh, congrats again to them before they get kind of SEC play kicking off uh, this weekend. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. Do we have anything else that I've missed, Arkansas sports-related? Wow, I don't – I think that kind of covers it right now. We're still, you know – month or more uh, from basketball season. Uh, baseball season has fall stuff going on, but no games till February, so I think we covered it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess we should uh, move out of Arkansas sports, and uh, I, mean, I kind of want to stay within it when we go to this segment this time, yeah, Tim. Sure. I got absolutely. something that is kind of eking me that I want to talk about, and... Uh, it's Isaiah Simmons, the Clemson Tiger uh, linebacker that is just a freak athlete. He's six foot four, two hundred thirty pounds, uh, just amazing athlete. Was going to go in the second or third round. Uh, did the right thing by Clemson. Decided to stay at the school, increase his draft uh, uh, draft ability. I guess I should say. And has just been having a phenomenal year. Just just the best player on the team, honestly, right now. And uh, we, you know, his number one school they wanted to go play at was the University of Arkansas. And we uh, just we just really dropped the ball on that. Bellama uh, had the opportunity to recruit this <clears throat> kid. Uh, he went to all the camps, all the combines, and... Uh, he was just uh, overlooked. He just wasn't given an offer. I guess with that size and stature, maybe they didn't know where they would put him at on the team or what position he, he was supposed to play. But, golly, it, it always hurts when you see a, a kid that's that type of athlete playing for a, another school that, you know, I mean, if we had him, goodness gracious, in our in our backfield right now, 
I mean, how much better would our our defense be right now? You know what I mean? You got him beside Curl, you know, bumper pull to the other side, just tearing it up. I mean, I don't know. That was a huge, huge, huge loss, huge mistake. And, uh, yeah, I feel bad for the kid because he wanted to be an Arkansas Razorback. That's where he wanted to play at. Um, he was offered by uh, Missouri. And uh, he's he quote this is one of his quotes. He said, I was offered by Missouri, and, you know, I really wanted to go to a more of a powerhouse program. Oh, gosh. So he considered us a powerhouse program in Missouri, you know, kind of a, a secondary program and wanted to come play for us, and we just, we didn't, we just let him go. We didn't even try to take him. And, you know, it, that's just ridiculous. And I don't know. I just want, I just think it's something we need to bring up and talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 6'4", 230 linebacker. Uh, him, Poole, and Harris as a linebacker team. Somebody with that. And I think he uh, ran a 4-3 in that Razorback camp that ended up here. And they just like, oh, we couldn't find a position for him. 6'4", 230. Uh, guy that can run a 4-3. From just down the road in Olathe, Kansas. I mean, there's no Kansas team for him to root for. He doesn't want to go to Missouri. Grew up knowing Arkansas. Wanting to be a Razorback. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's that's a shame, you know. I guess he was a three star athlete coming out of high school, so maybe, you know, they thought, oh well, he's not going to be very good. It's all people was getting most mostly had a couple. That's right up Arkansas alley. You think we would be able to find a spot for him, you know, somewhere, you know? Gee whiz, man, that's a great linebacker. Uh, <laughs> size, tight end size, my good. Anything. <laughs> Put him over at corner with a four three speed. It just shoots, yeah. You know, goodness. Wide receiver. Who knows? Goodness gracious. So wow. that's a huge loss. Just a huge loss. And he's gonna go to the NFL and, and and be amazing in the NFL. And that right there is another huge loss for us where we could have had, you know, somebody from the University of Arkansas go to the NFL and, and be, you know, an amazing player. I know we've had that over and over again, but the more we have that, the better our our recruiting is going to be. The better our our you know brand is going to be at the University of Arkansas. So that, that's just ridiculous. And, and didn't you say there was another kid that maybe we did the same thing with? Yes, I'd seen uh, Oklahoma's backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts supposed to be the starter from here on out. Uh-huh. Uh, Spencer Adler, he's the number one QB in the 18 class, I believe. Um, there's something I've seen kind of after that Simmons article was out. Um, there's another thing that one of the uh, Arkansas media guys said, yeah, uh, you know, that quarterback was a uh, cheater on the Hogs and um, knew about him too, you know, and we didn't even, nobody even read things. Down in Texas or Oklahoma, I believe, um, pretty close states to us so just completely missed on that wow so so anyway you know i get that's a that's a dagger in the heart for razorback fans for both those right there and hopefully we don't have any more misses like that but you know we we even had that with ryan mallet you know where he went to to michigan and we almost missed out on him and, and he wanted to come so you know i don't know maybe uh maybe we need to start reaching out to some of these players that we were there first 
their first picks and we just let them go and say hey you know we got a spot here if you want to get in that that transfer protocol oh yeah that's ridiculous you know somebody that talented those kind of guys that talented want to be Razorback too like you obviously you know if there's a talented Arkansas kid uh, playing in the state of Arkansas growing up you know you know you better you better get a you know do everything you can to get those guys but like mm-hmm. a guy that's out of state and loves the hogs that much you know they're I mean my gosh exactly exactly well I guess that uh, about wraps it up do you have anything else do we miss anything I think that's pretty good for this week Alrighty, guys. Well, keep those uh, voicemails coming. We really appreciate every single one of you listening. We know you're out there. Woo, pig suey. Go Hogs. <laughs>